Lord, we just thank you for the promise that we have of heaven, that we know that one day we will see your face. Father, we thank you because you are a miracle worker. We know that you are here in our midst. We know that you're moving. Even when we can't see it, Father, we know that you're moving. So we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would continue to move. You would continue to touch your people. As we transition into the word, Father, we just ask that there would be no distractions, that your Holy Spirit would have your way in this place. You know everyone that walked in the door and you know every need. You know the hearts of those that are sitting in this congregation. So I ask that you would meet them right now where they're at. Begin to speak to them. Begin to touch them. Move and do what only you can do, Holy Spirit. We ask all of these things in your name. Come on, can we just praise the Lord? Can we give him a hand clap of praise for what he's already doing? We just love you, Jesus. We just praise you. We give you all the glory. Hallelujah. As always, I count it a great honor and privilege to be given this opportunity. I don't ever take it lightly. Um, I've probably said it before. If you know me, if you know my story, um, God definitely has a sense of humor because one of my greatest fears is public speaking. <laughs> and so... You know it's God when he gives you the boldness to be able to do something like this. Um, I want to thank our pastor for this opportunity. Um, I just love our pastor. And I'm so thankful for your guidance and your leadership. It means so much to me and Dylan. And we're blessed to get to serve under you. So can we give Pastor Mark a hand? I'm just so, him and Bobby are just the best. I just love them so much. So... The thought that the Lord has given me today is at his feet. And the big idea um, is that miracles happen at the feet of Jesus. And it's kind of funny whenever, um, I, like, I know when Pastor Mark is going to ask me to speak because several weeks beforehand, the Lord will drop something into my spirit and it won't leave me. And it just keeps going over and over in my head. And then sure enough, He'll ask me, and I'm like, because oh. it's like I'll hear him say, the next time you're given the opportunity, that's what you need to speak on. So for months now, this has been in my spirit. And when you're talking about being at the feet of Jesus, there's so many directions you could go with it. But I really felt like the Lord was leading me in this direction. So I'm going to get right into it. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 8. <clears throat> I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures um, verses 41 through 42. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. <clears throat> so I'm just going to pause right there. I want to talk about Jairus for a second. Jairus was an elected ruler of a local synagogue. He was a big deal in this time. Of his local church, he was responsible for everything. Um, people looked to him as an authority figure. He supervised the worship. He was the administrator. He was the maintenance man. He was the principal of the school. He did it all. And at this time, it was a big deal. He had a big title. So when we study scripture, we can see that the Pharisees and the synagogue rulers, they had close ties. 
they were communicating a lot. And we know at that time, Pharisees were not a huge fan of Jesus, right? So we can assume that the synagogue rulers were probably pressured to not support Jesus in his ministry. Because at that time, to religious leaders, Jesus was, as we would probably view, like a traveling preacher that had never really been heard of. He was just coming on the scene. Um, He's doing things that to them seemed a little weird. It's going against their um, rules, um, their culture, and they don't really like it. And so they're like, who is this man, you know? So Jairus does the unusual. In a crowd of people, he comes running and he falls at the feet of Jesus. Jairus was desperate because his only daughter was dying. And when you're desperate, you will act in an extreme behavior. You'll do rash things that don't make sense. Desperate people don't care about cultural image. Desperate people don't care about their reputation and they don't care about criticism. They get radical. So is there anyone here this morning that's desperate for a touch from Jesus? In that moment, Jairus, he wasn't even realizing the spiritual significance of what he had just done because he had surrendered at the feet of Jesus in desperation. And what does that look like? What does it look like to be at his feet? From reading those scriptures, we can see that at his feet is a place of surrender. It's giving up control of something. It's submitting to his authority. It's giving over your problems and your concerns. Jairus was surrendering the burden of his dying daughter over to Jesus. We can also see that at his feet is a place of humility. It's free from pride or arrogance. It's acknowledging that you don't know everything. It's acknowledging that you need help, and it's receiving that help. Jairus had to put aside what pride he may have had to fall at the feet of Jesus. We also see that at his feet is a place of faith. It's complete trust or confidence in someone. Jairus hadn't seen Jesus heal his daughter yet, but we can assume that he had heard that he could. Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for but have not yet received. Jairus hoped that Jesus could do for his daughter what no one else could. Jairus had faith. So let's go back to Luke chapter 8. We're going to read those scriptures. Um, We're going to pick up at 43 through 48. So Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house, and it says um, the crowds almost crushed him. So verse 43, a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Verse 45, who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came, trembling, and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. So now we have 
the woman with the issue of blood. And the Bible doesn't really tell us what her name is. And for me, it's easier to connect with someone if they have a name. So I hope this is okay that we're going to call her Wanda. Is that okay with everyone? Can we call this woman Wanda? Okay. Because that way we can really get where Wanda was coming from. Okay. Wanda had suffered with her terrible illness for 12 years. And by law at that time, Wanda was considered unclean, meaning that for 12 years, Wanda had been living away from large crowds, social gatherings. She was living in isolation. It says she couldn't even touch anyone. So imagine this poor woman for 12 years, this terrible illness. She was desperate. Wanda, just like Jairus, was desperate. Wanda had hope of being healed that resulted in faith that Jesus could do the impossible. So Wanda desperately made her way through the crowd. The Bible records that she touched the garment that Jesus was wearing. And in verse 44, it said she touched the edge of his cloak. Another version says the fringe of his robe. And another says the border of his garment. So we can assume that Wanda was at his feet, right? Then Jesus immediately, when she touched his garment, said, someone touch me, I know that power has gone out from me. And she was instantly healed. Just like Jairus, Wanda had to surrender her problem to Jesus at his feet, coming in complete humility, with faith and in surrender, with the thought of just maybe this man named Jesus could heal her. When Wanda came before Jesus to explain herself, she trembled and fell at his feet. So we see that at his feet is a place of gratitude and thankfulness for his goodness. At his feet is a place for miracles to happen. Another occurrence in the Bible where people were at the feet of Jesus and healings took place is Matthew chapter 15, verses 30 through 31. It says, Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. 31. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. So we can see that at his feet, is a place for true worship. As we look at these instances of people falling or laying at his feet, we can not only see what he does for them, but we see who he is. We see his true character. In John 11, we read of Mary and Martha who sent for Jesus because their brother Lazarus was sick. And we know that by the time that Jesus made it there, Lazarus had died. And the scripture says that when Mary seen Jesus, she fell at his feet. And this is the part that moved me when I was reading it. It says that Jesus cried with them. He knew that he was about to call Lazarus to come forth from the dead. But because he's so caring and he's so compassionate, he cried with them in that moment. Another moment where we see someone fall at the feet of Jesus and his character is revealed to us is in Revelation. John is having this vision of Jesus, and I'm going to read that. Chapter, Revelation chapter 1, 
verses 14 through 17. John said he's seen the Lord. He said the hair on his head was white like wool and as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. And this is the... I love this. The Lord has just revealed himself in his power, his glory, his majesty. And in a holy fear and reverence, John falls at his feet. But it says, Jesus placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. He was reaching out his hand to comfort him, even in that moment of showing him how omnipotent and how powerful he was. He didn't want John to be afraid, and he continued to say, Do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I'm alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. So at his feet, we find peace, we find comfort, we find compassion and a love that we can't even begin to understand. And I just want to tell you this morning that he is with you. Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So just like he cried with Mary and Martha to grieve the loss of their brother, and just like he reached out his hand to comfort John to tell him to not be afraid, he's with you today. And that thing that has you so broken, he sees you and he's crying with you. That situation that has you living in constant fear, he's reaching out his hand to comfort you and tell you, do not be afraid. Another thing we can learn about the character of Christ from the scriptures in Luke is that he didn't want people to look to him as just a miracle worker. So we're going to go back to Luke chapter 8, and we're going to finish reading about Jairus. It's going to pick up in verse 49. So while Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus. Let me back up just a second so this makes sense. Jesus had just healed Wanda, and he had just said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. So now we'll start at verse 49. When Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. You see, again, he's reaching out that hand of comfort. He knew that he was going to go and he was going to call her from the dead and that she was going to wake up. He knew that, but he also knew that we're human And that sometimes we get afraid and sometimes we don't feel like God sees us or hears us. And he knew that and he knew that Jairus would have those thoughts. So he said to him, don't be afraid, just believe and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John and James and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Jesus says, stop wailing. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead, but he took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. 
In this last verse, this is where I feel like it reveals a little bit more about his character. It says, her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. So it's a little odd because all the miracles recorded before, he's saying things like, go and tell everyone what I've done. Go in peace. So I feel like in this moment, maybe I'm wrong, but I think Jesus was trying to protect his ministry and what he was sent to do because it had just said that he had came through a large crowd of people that was so great, they were crushing him. So he's seeing this as like, okay, wait a second, wait a second. I want to build, I want, I want you to have faith in me that I am who I say that I am. But he also wanted them to listen to his words because he knew that his words could heal their broken spiritual lives. He wanted them to hear the lessons that he was teaching. So at his feet, we find instruction, we find wisdom, and we find guidance. At his feet, not only should we make our requests known, but we should also listen. What is he saying to you? And are you listening? At his feet is a place of trust. Trusting him is assured reliance on the character and ability, strength and truth of who he is. Trust is also the foundation of a relationship. It allows you to be vulnerable and open without having to protect yourself and we can trust in him because he is faithful. So when I was studying this, this, when I get to this part, this is my favorite part. This is where I get really excited because all these moments that we've covered of people falling at his feet, wherever they were, whatever reason they were falling at his feet, whether it was sorrow, desperation, maybe it was gratitude, thanks, whatever it was, he met them right where they were at in that moment. But when they were at the feet of Jesus, (laughs) they weren't seeing his feet like we get to see them. They were seeing his feet pre-cross, pre-death, pre-resurrection. So today, when we lay at his feet, we see the nail scars that bought our redemption. We see the feet of a savior. We see the feet of a conqueror. We see the feet of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We see the feet of a champion. We see the feet of the Holy Spirit that he sent to comfort us and empower us. And the Bible says that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives inside of us. We have reassurance at his feet because he conquered it all. At his feet now, not only do miracles happen, but we receive salvation and the gift of eternal life. We get forgiveness and cleansing. At his feet, we receive the power of the blood. Can we take a moment to praise him because he conquered it all? Lord, we thank you for your power. We thank you for your blood. We give you all the glory. Thank you, Jesus. And the last thing that I want to share with you is the parable of the persistent widow. And that's in Luke 18. And this is something that Jesus, it's a teaching that he left for us because he knew that we were going to be faced with hard times. He knew there were going to be moments that we pray and pray and we hear no answer. And so he wanted to leave this little nugget, I like to call it, with us. So Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, 
In a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. She was pretty persistent if he felt like she was going to attack him. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? So Jesus is encouraging us to not lose our faith, to keep believing, to keep persisting, because he's our righteous judge. Keep bringing it at his feet. Dylan, if you guys want to come to the music. You know, sometimes we pray, we pray, we feel like Jesus doesn't hear us, he doesn't see us, and it's so easy to lose our faith. It's so easy to get frustrated and to feel angry, and that's okay, it's okay to be human. It's okay to feel those things as long as we don't lose our faith, as long as like that persistent widow, we keep coming and we keep bringing our plea at the feet of Jesus because Jesus is our righteous judge and he's saying, don't stop persisting. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing and trusting. Keep praying for your miracle. Keep praising for your miracle. Keep laying it all at his feet. Because at his feet, lives are changed. At his feet, the dead are raised. At his feet, miracles happen. Hearts are mended. And we are set free from bondage at the feet of Jesus. Can we all stand?